magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome. (laughs) So, it's been a week. It's been quite a week. Yeah, yeah. So this is usually where, if you're new to the pod, we have picked cards from the week before, and then we say what happened this week. Do I sound okay? Uh, now I sound to myself like I can barely hear myself. Uh, you sound fine to me at this point. Okay, great. So what did we pick last week? So last week, I drew Restructure the Pattern, which was the hydrangea card from... Uh, Magic of Flowers Oracle, and you drew the Rainbow Prince from the Wisdom of the Hidden Realms, which also seemed to be similar to Restructure the Pattern. It was like receiving messages and being open to positive change, I believe. Does that seem right? Yeah, sure. That sounds great. <laughs> so how did that work for you this week? Well, I mean, I de- those to me, it felt like alchemy and transmutation. That was kind of the message. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, that was a real transformational moment with that Derek Chauvin verdict. I mean, yeah, I yeah. felt overwhelmed. Did And I know you did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I think. yeah, my first reaction was like, I mean, I was crying and feeling really emotional and then it did kind of set in soon that that was like my perception as a white person in a lot of ways like for black people I think it's like yeah finally it's I mean I also felt finally but but like let's see what happens from here that was just accountability not justice you know and let's yeah I mean I know I know it wasn't everything yeah yeah but it it did feel because I mean I remember as a kid the Rodney King verdict being so confused like even as a kid I was just like wait we all saw that video like how were those guys all acquitted like that I mean I know there was more to the story than just that first verdict but it it did just feel like some and all that we've been through how we've all been looking so deeply at Mm. this I mean not all of us but many of us have been looking so deeply at this issue and all the protests and I mean it just felt like a like so much change right now too when everyone's getting vaccinated i don't know it just felt yeah. all connected like this way that we were all at home looking at our issues and wanting mm. to ch- many of us wanting to change this deep pattern i mean mm-hmm. talking talk about restructure the pattern it feel, felt like that yeah. was a piece like that that was a big piece of yeah. it yeah i guess it's funny cuz i've never been a real like not um I mean, I I feel like, especially as an Aquarius, like, I'm normally like, yes, yes. And now I'm like, all right, let's see. Because, like, literally that night, another 15-year-old, I 16-year-old know. black girl was murdered by police. It's like, that's kind of how I'm, I'm feeling less. I, I want to feel everything you're saying. And it does seem like that 
is also the case. And then I just am feeling also very, what's the word? Cynical, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand that too. Yeah. <sighs> but I hope so. I really, I really hope. I mean, it makes sense. We are all looking, not all, but yes, so many more of white people are looking at their shit around racism than ever before as far as and talking I can, about yes, it instead of yes. it i feel like for so long it was just something we didn't talk about yes, i didn't yes no i know? agree a hundred percent yeah what about personally though also okay so today we're gonna have Britton larue on who's a great astrologer and friend and um we're going to be talking about the astrology of the um the coming months but also related to Carolyn Elliott, who is who we've had on the show. Um, She's the author of Existential Kink, and she's the kind of, as she would say, I guess, monarch, what would he, queen of her, um, of her group called Wealth. Um, And there's been a big shakeup there because she announced herself as she had a very controversial post where she said that she was indigenous too as a white person and a lot of people I thought tried to engage in a conversation with her and she um flipped out, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, really yeah, lashed out. Yeah, it seems out. like there's been a meltdown yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah, where she really lashed out and and it's been very harmful and hurtful to a lot of people in her community of which Britain is one of them and or was one of them was one of them yeah um and so we wanted to talk about it not only just because there are a lot of people I think well because we had her on the show right and also because a lot of people I know too like in I feel like in our communities are affected by it yeah and because going along the lines of last week and continuing into this week of the energy report, the the idea of narcissist behavior and narcissist people um, being very dominant in people's lives, and how do you how do you extricate yourself from that? How do you stay centered in that? Is a theme coming up? So we also thought it would be helpful whether you're um, aware of her or not to talk about that whole dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, it was interesting because I did have a transformation and a restructuring the pattern that was, that was a kind of like a catalyst for it, Mm -hmm. that situation, because as you know, Natasha. I just went, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know this and our many of our listeners know that I have had a fascination with cults and this situation brought that feeling up for me like that suddenly she was behaving like cult leaders behave like wanting to kick people out for disagreeing with her and threatening them that they wouldn't have you know as much magic if they left her group and just having a lot of that behavior narcissistic behavior and so I was super like fascinated with it. That was my initial feeling, which is the feeling I have with cults. Like I can't look away. I just have to keep looking and looking and learning and figuring it out. What's <laughs> happening and why? And, and I felt like I finally was like, what is this? Because it wasn't fun. It started to not be fun. It started to feel draining, but it didn't feel 
didn't feel like I was learning anything either. Like it didn't feel like it was helping me. I've just wanted to finally explore it. And our friend well, Melissa. You, well, before you said, I just oh. want to say you said like, I don't want to hear any more about this right now. Like <laughs> at I need some to point, because I was, yeah, I was sort of like, I just kept checking and what's she commenting now? Because yeah. it was very, it was just, it was surprising to me too. Like yes. it, it reminded me of with Doreen Virtue and, um, and Christian Northrup, like these people that I really admired and loved their books and, and felt like a lot of growth from the stuff that they taught. And, um, yeah, well, I just want to say this part to help people too, because to, I think this is a helpful, um, catalyst to this is like you were saying I'm going to abstain and then I was like maybe it's something if you're maybe there's something there if you're feeling so drawn to it yeah. that you want to yes. look at instead of just like being like I'm not going to look at this right and also I was kind of like noticing that uh, that it it would have made sense for me to have some emotion about this author and then Doreen Virtue and Christiane Northup, like when those, when I realized that these people had suddenly become really different than I thought they were, it would have made sense for me to feel some kind of hurt or um, something like other yes. than just curiosity. And I realized like, oh, there was, I, I didn't really go into any feeling. I didn't check in with my body. I just kind of obsessed on it. So our friend Melissa, who is an author and she is a Jungian witch, she recommended a practice to me called Internal Family Systems. And I got a book on it. And I learned how to do it. What's the book called? Well, she told us both about it. We're both like, we're getting it immediately. We both. Yeah, it's called the the self-therapy workbook is what it's called. It's very similar to inner child healing, right? It's just And it did involve my inner child. Yeah. So I did a meditation on it. And it's like this thing where you go, you use it as a trailhead. It's called like if you have something like that, like what is this? There's more here. Like it's not, I'm not just really enjoying this obsession, this sort of disconnected, disembodied connection with cults it's not actually something I'm enjoying what is that yeah so I use that and it's so first you meet a um it's called a protector like some part of you so these are parts of your personality that you meet in meditation and first I met a protector who was like just looking in a window at this like obsessively looking in the window like what is happening and it was like in my mind I was like seeing this window with Carolyn Elliott and then sometimes it was Keith Raniere and they're later like leading a cult and I was just endlessly fascinated and then so then you ask the protector to step away oh and you're like why is the what is the protector protecting and why and it was this is what it was it was because it felt safe to me that it was like activating this feeling of being in a cult, which is my mom being with my mom who was like, took me, well, there's so much that telling the story. (laughs) So anyway, the the protector made me feel safe because it was like, okay, you're, there's a window. You don't have to be a part of this. And you can, by, by learning as much as you possibly can, you can feel safe because you're smarter than that. You're not going to get into that. That was the protector energy, like hovering above it. Like you don't have to be a part of that. And then when I asked the protector to step away, like, who are you protecting? It was me as a little girl and it was me with no voice and no name and it was right when my mom when I was four and she took me to another town like away from my dad away from my grandparents from my cousins from my school my preschool my aunts my uncles like 
And then, you know, just feeling so sad. Like now we're in this little apartment in this town we don't know. And this is my, and it was, that was the co-leader energy too. Because she was like, when I would be sad about that, then she would get her feelings hurt. I wasn't Uh, allowed to be sad uh, because it was all about her. And then... So then there were like more parts of myself that came out. Like Mm. after that little girl, then there was a priestess part of me that was like actually followed my mom still, like was still in that cult. Oh, that was in the cult. How did you meet those parts? They came out later. It was so trippy. It was like first. Yeah, first it was the little girl, and then I just cried and cried. And then I took a bath, and then I was like, oh, there's more. There are more when I was in the bathtub. (laughs) And then it was like there was a priestess who was like, I still want to follow this cult. And so then that was like a a, um, reason that I – another reason the protector had to be there because it was like, no, 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 you can't. This is a whole part of you that you can't access. And the priestess still wanted to be in the cult. And then you're supposed to ask, like, what do you need? Yeah. You know? What did she need? She needed to be taken seriously as a priestess. And because it was like a part of actually me and my spirituality. It wasn't just following my mom. It was like my, because my mom also is a naturally magical like Mm. even though she she is a narcissist she did teach me ways of tapping into my intuition so she needed to be taken seriously and so then I was like okay I'll take you seriously but then she was like no I can't be you can't because this other person is holding me back so then there was another part of me Uh and it was Bob from Twin Peaks (laughs) (laughs) and he was like super angry because he had been ignored and his power had been ignored so he was siphoning power off from the priestess to use and if like this this is this whole part of me that couldn't be I was like the protector was like you can't this is crazy like you can't let all this craziness out this is all related to the cult it was like a fear of being in a cult but it was also a fear of like taking my spirituality seriously in a way that would like maybe be culty like then I would be like my mom oh that's why you had that fear yeah so deep it was just like so much I was like oh my god and then so then Bob became a good guy when I said I would take him seriously and listen to him and then he became a protector for the priestess and then the priestess and Bob would take decided to take care of the little me and protect her from not being like and and then but then there was more then it was like okay (laughs) then then the the initial protector showed up again and was like no we can't this these people bob and the priestess they're they're gonna start a cult like you can't let them free so then but then it was like well what then what will satisfy you how can i take my spirituality seriously protector and the protector said you can let me be a part of their psyche and I'll keep an eye out and I'll make sure that they don't do anything culty. So then I was like, sure. So then it was all, it was all good. Oh, wow. <laughs> so is this is that, like, did that just sound insane? No, well, not to me. I mean, I'm t- I literally tell people for a living to talk to the different parts of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it's make, because this is what I always tell people is that, we're basically listening to these voices in our head all day long, but it's just like this amalgam. It's just like turns into a mushy stew where you don't know yeah. well, who's saying what. Right. That's so, what it was. Yeah. Right. And so when you embody the parts or you get the parts out and you talk to the different parts, then 
it's like, oh, that's what's going on in there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, but, but it was interesting because I was like, oh, well, this is my career to talk about spirituality and write about it. But it was like, but no, there's still been a part of you this whole time that wants to not fully take that seriously because yeah. you feel like there's some danger in that, like that you're going to confuse yourself or you're going to confuse someone else. It was just, it was really interesting to see uh, all of those aspects no, embodied. Yes. No wonder the whole QAnon thing like hit you Obsession. in a different way than it did for me right yeah I wonder if this now it's gonna be I feel like it's gonna be really different like I wonder if I'm even gonna want to watch cult documentaries now I might oh not god who are yeah. you <laughs> I know I it's know. so fascinating I love that well we're well, yeah go ahead it, just one more thing. Yeah. And I realized part of the fascination, it wasn't just like, oh, now I'm safe because I'm not a part of it. It was also like, oh, now I can in some way let that part of me like see it. So see someone else embody that. Yeah. Like that taking themselves seriously, even though there's bad things about being a cult leader. Like yeah. they do, cult leaders do take their spirituality seriously. Yeah. And it was like I could kind of like live through them vicariously uh. a little bit. I anyway, if they it's just take all their... so much more integrated now. Yes, then that's always the key. The key is always integration. Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if they take their spirituality seriously or if they just take themselves seriously. This Well, I think that was the, f the, the fear I had, though, was like that if I were to take my spirituality seriously, then I might become like Kiefer right. Neary or something, right. even though that was just one little part of it. It was just like, that's what bad people do. Like you right. can't, you right. can't, you have to have some, you have to make fun of yourself or you have to kind of like not fully embody it a little bit. Yeah. So you're not, you don't turn into a bad guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. That's so interesting. It really was like an, oh, a protector who got out of, um, who just, I mean, this is so true for so many of us, like the protector is too protecting, like just got you out of, yeah. like, it needs to protect you, but it got too, it was too blanket. Right, but one of the interesting things about internal family systems that they talk about is all the parts of you are all trying to help you. Yes. Like there's a reason why yes. they are all there. And yes. then, but so the idea is if you can kind of get in touch with all of them, you can see like, what are you trying yes. to do? And how can you do, how can yes. we work with that so that it's a little more integrated and yes. like actually more helpful at this point? But up to now, if I didn't have consciousness around that, like that was the best they could do yes. to help protect me. Well, this is the same thing as inner child healing. And that's often when it's the only time I say they're not, it's just a little more, there's more layers there. I'm excited to try that too mm -hmm. um the only thing sometimes i say like in my class that sometimes the inner critic which i often say is trying to help you but sometimes it's just your um you've transferred like for instance with me my mother like it's just the transference of her into like what's it called there's a word that i'm always using now i'm now forgetting but in not in just basically you've embodied the mother energy for me right and yeah. so there actually isn't any use to it it's just like her energy there and oh if, yeah and the way to find that out is still just to talk to it and be like hey what's up do you have something you want to teach me you know what are you trying to do and if it turns out it's just her making nonsense then that's the only time I say give it the boot but usually integration is so much more powerful mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so great. And I can't. So was it a guided meditation? Or was it just like, 
the like did you listen to something or what did you just no well they i think they said it said in the book that there were some recordings that you could access but i didn't i just it it was actually funny because i did it before i read all of it i just like read part of it and then i did that and then i went back and read more later and i was like yeah then you can integrate and you can see what other parts come up and it just all happened exactly like like Uh, it was supposed to like i followed it but it was interesting when the more I was like, oh, there's another part behind that part. <laughs> like, what's That's there's amazing. more. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. It was great. Yeah, so great. Um, so yeah, so for me, there also was that. I I'll just say it quickly, but I'm basically, if you've been listening to the show, you know I've been. I'm. This is. I guess I have one more week of Luis Mojica's class on somatic healing and um essentially i've been like dethawing my body <laughs> my response my i was in freeze response in my body for so long it's just continued to dethaw it's been really fascinating and like this morning even i was just laying in bed i noticed that in the morning my right side is totally um tense the whole right side is just like, oh. like extremely tense. Oh, but not the left. But not the the left is more. I realized maybe a little more dissociated. Oh, interesting. So, but then when I tuned into it, it felt like oh, I can access flow there, and that did help the flow from the right side. But what I really realized was this thing, which we're going to talk about with Britain. It's just so everything is so synchronous. Um, is that um. I haven't had trust. Like, you know how we've talked about before how you can feel the gravity of the bed? You're like, oh, I can feel the gravity of the bed. And I'm like, no, I I don't know what you're talking about. I suddenly was like, oh. Gravity. Yeah, like I can't Uh. feel it. And it's because I was afraid to trust. Like, I don't really. And it was that, like a fear of like if I trust this, again, Everything is so aligned because we're going to answer a question about this later. But like a part of me was like, if I if I really trust this, then what happens when it goes away? Because, again, with my mother, everything was like uh, there was you could never trust that things Mm. were good. It would the shoe would drop so quickly afterwards. There was just so that's how it felt like, oh, if I trust that I'm safe in my body, then you know what happens what then when the shoe drops i have to be in freeze i have to like be ready to like yeah get the and fuck that's out of here. such mothering energy too like mothers actually hold you and mother earth is whole i mean i think of that as that anchor into gravity as being yes. anchored into gaia you know yes. the, the mother earth energy yeah. So, so I'm really grateful for the inner child practice because I have developed this inner parent for long enough that I can trust. Once I was aware of that, I can be like, okay, I'm here. You know, I can gently let myself trust myself. It's not a quick process. I'm still like not fully there, but I'm just noticing, oh my God, I'm so much more embodied because I'm trusting more. I can be here. And then I wonder what will happen next time you jump on a trampoline. I've tried that already. Um, because I have been more embodied, but I'll try it again now that okay. I feel more in case, gravity. <laughs> in case our listeners don't know this already, <laughs> when Natasha jumps on a trampoline, she is worried that she's never going to come down and she's just going to keep going up and up Yeah, and up. yeah. It, not consciously, but that's the feeling in my body. It's like, ah, <laughs> I'm going down. But yeah, so it will be interesting if I have more 
trust and gravity and coming down. But yeah. the other part of it is that I had this, um, I did this trade with my friend who does what I do. And what she saw was that um, I have like um, not wanting to be in my body because it's like not spiritual like if i was really spiritual oh, i wouldn't right. have even come here like oh, yeah. i just would have stayed up in the ethers you know right, i yeah. wouldn't because being in a body is just like not spiritual was my belief but i'm realizing like oh no it there are it is spiritual like yeah. earth is spiritual too right and it's like here we are, like we are in bodies. So to be present where you are is spiritual. Right, exactly. Yeah. So whew, we've really been going through it. Yeah, good job. Good yeah, job, both us. Of us. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody listening, you yeah. too. Good job to you too. Yes. Um. All right. Well, it's almost time for your pendulum workshop, which I'm so. It excited is about. good segue. Thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been perfect if you hadn't said that. <laughs> um. Jk. So yeah, it's this week. It's Thursday of this week is my pendulum workshop. So mm. this is a Zoom uh, webinar where I'm going to be sharing how to get started with the pendulum and then what to use it for, how what to not use it for, and then how to get more comfortable with it over time. Because I know like it, it can feel a little awkward, like, like, is this really working when you first start? But really, it is true that over time you get the hang of it it's like second nature it's like a part of your body so if you want to uh, sign up for the pendulum workshop go to tesswhitehurst.com and then click on shop great i'm going to be there i'm so excited for it yay me too um and you know what i'll just talk about my 11 for 11 workshop right now or email list because i think it can be really helpful right now to well i always think it can be but it's been coming up lately where i'm like i think this would help a lot of people so it's basically just 11 you get for 11 dollars 11 emails over the course of 11 days and they're short practices that you can use short tools that you can use to help center you integrate you um, make you feel more free make you feel more connected to your higher self all of that so if you would like that you can go to my website highestlighthealing.com and click on classes all right so yes what were you gonna say so now it's time or questions, Yes, right? although I do want to say that if you would like to support the show, um, you can um, review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Or anywhere that you listen, it helps people find us. Oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And then also, if you want to ask us a question, go to magicmondaypodcast.com and click ask a question or call us at... Oh, 828-333-7181. I've been thinking about doing a Patreon, you know, and in my last email, um, I said to people, if you think you want to do it, let me know. Um, and one person said to me that they wanted me to do a, a bigger energy report, but or maybe they said they wanted me to answer questions in that voice. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think everyone would like that, but if I do it and you ask me a question, I will do it in that voice for you. 
<laughs> That's so cute. Um, all right. So I'm just going to go actually latest to, oh, yeah, we'll be talking to Britain after our Ask a Question segment. Right. Um, so should we start with Jenny? Sure. Okay. So Jenny said, hello, Tess and Natasha. I have so much love and appreciation for you both. I have a question regarding fear of feeling good. The past few months have been very challenging for me. Lots of deep shadow work and various things going wrong in life back to back. As soon as things calm down, something else comes up. I'm left feeling fearful when I actually feel good again and things calm down, anticipating what's around the corner. How do I hold on to and feel into the sense of joy and relief when things are in flow without letting fear ruin it? Um, how do we truly accept the goodness and balance in life after navigating so much disruption? Um, so I just want to answer this in a couple of ways. Something else hit me, by the way, when I read this again, which is the first part when you said, how do you hold, when Jenny said, how do I hold on to the joy? Mm. So, <laughs> so that reminds me of the Sedona method, which is basically, you don't want to hold on to anything. You want to um, allow it. So the goal should never be how do I hold on to this joy? Because then you're going to suck the joy right out of anything. Um, you want to, how can, the better question might be, how can I allow what is to be? How can I allow this moment to be what it is? Um, and really feeling into the moment as much as you can. And it's a practice, you know, of like, if you find yourself getting scared again, just coming, oh, can I allow that moment to be like feeling mm -hmm. into the fear? Um, and you know, what would, yeah, I was going to say, what would it take to allow, but never mind that that's a different thing, <laughs> but, but how can, how can I, yeah, how can I, can I welcome the fear as well? Can I welcome this moment? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this thing that it's kind of a new concept for me, but it's just like almost exactly what I talked about last week when I was talking about Brett dying. You know, when I was, it was basically this, where I was talking about, I had such a great time with him. And then my next thought was, oh, clearly he's going to die then because it's all. So for me, what that really was, and I, I, what that was for me was growing up again with such instability, like we just talked about with, no, I could not rely on any good moment lasting. It was just going to, you know, go away. And so that's what I had done is coupled this feeling of a couple things. One coupled this feeling of when I enjoy something, I get slammed with it going away right away. And also coupling expansion, this feeling of like, oh goodness, with threat, because right away it would it would go away. You know, my mom would say something or do something. Um, so this process, which I'm just learning in some ways of uncoupling, but in other ways, it's just what I talk about all the time in terms of reparenting. So it's like when you realize, oh, I wasn't allowed to, I mean, you can feel into your body and see like, um, if this is true for you in terms of like, were you allowed to really experience joy growing up? And if you found that you weren't, 
um, realizing like, okay, I've coupled that feeling with this. So can I feel more into this moment of joy right now? Where can I bring in my inner parent and soothe myself and just say, okay, here we are right now. Can we be in this moment together? Kind of what I was saying about the Sedona method too. You know, can I allow this moment to be, but bringing your loving inner parent into this and just allowing for more and more expansion for just allowing it to be and witnessing in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that you're, and even just consciously knowing, oh, okay, I've put those two things together. But right now here in this moment, like for me, I'm still with Brett. He's alive. <laughs> you know, He's been alive yeah. with me for 17 years. Every time I feel this way, it, you know, he's still alive. And, yeah. you know, and so like, that's the reality. So reminding myself, here we are right now. Like, let's, how can I enjoy this moment? Can I allow this moment to be? Yeah. Yeah. So all I want to say is there's a whole book about this that's really great that is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he's a psychologist and he talks about that he's noticed that we as humans have this tendency that when things get really good, he calls it the upper limit problem, Mm -hmm. that when things get really good, we can start to be like, okay, well, what's my problem right now? (laughs) Like what might happen? What might go wrong? That And he said it's because of our evolution that we, you know, our ancestors all had to be like, really always on the lookout for threats like what's our next thing we need to worry about is winter coming are we going to get eaten by an by a tiger (laughs) you know (laughs) so um it's it's really great he talks about a lot of different angles of how to work with that and um one of them is to use the affirmation, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. Mm. So um, so that I do sometimes notice when I'm doing that, if I do that, if I hit an upper limit problem, I will sometimes be like, ah, just inwardly, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. It reminds me also of when... Um this of self-compassion uh, i feel like i posted this on our instagram at one point just that expansion's hard for people oh, and yeah. so for the quest for you jenny i think also it's like to know like that is yeah that's your upper limit and that is an expansion which is hard so if you can mm-hmm. put your hand on your heart and say you know this is a moment of suffering expansion is hard for people for all humans may I be kind mm-hmm. to myself every human has a hard time with expansion may I be kind to myself yeah and then you're not trying to hold on to anything you're just feeling your feelings and moving through them which that's what joy is joy is yes. being present yeah I feel like shooting for joy is better much better than shooting for happiness because joy you can feel joy when you're sad or you're in grief it's a it's that feeling of connection of having yeah. your heart open yeah of letting things be letting feelings pass through you yeah I just want to say that um, people may be hearing my cat Greg throughout the episode just because we have three new foster kittens and he ate some of their kitten food and now he always wants it. And so he's been very vocal. That's what he's he's saying. Yes. Where's the food? Can I have the food? (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's get our neck. Let's listen to our voicemail about our last, uh, our last guest. Hey there, Magic Monday Pod. My name is Melanie, and I just want to thank you for your amazing podcast. I discovered it about a month ago, and my Mondays were really in need of some magic. So thank you 
so much for your work. I am calling in because I loved, loved your interview with John the Scorpio as a sixth house Scorpio stellium myself. Definitely longer than he's got. Um, and I lolled at the line about not being sure whether he's in light or not because I have to agree. I'm calling because I've got to know what happened with this Sagittarius Capricorn business in his chart. I've got to know. Thanks so much, ladies. Hang in there. Okay. So this is just a quick one, uh, just in case. I was like, I don't know. Does anyone else want to know this? But it's a very quick answer. Um, because I guess last time he, John was saying that he, he just wasn't sure what house it, like if where his stuff was in his houses, what, what planets were in what houses. And he uses a different way. The way I learned from our guest Britain and also Channy Nicholas does this too, is it's called the whole sign method of doing astrology, which means that you only have each house, which each house, which we'll talk about, represents a different part of your life, like relationships, money, etc. So in this way, only one sign is in each house. So you can't have like Capricorn and Aquarius in uh, in different houses. So, so it wasn't that he house, wasn't sure what his planets were. Well, he or wasn't what's sure. Ho- oh, okay. I thought it because he said that they were in Capricorn, but then you, but it what? He, yeah. When you got his chart, what did it? What well, did basically, he, he does have, he has three planets. He does have a stellium in Capricorn. Um, so he and, was right. He was right about that, but he also has a stellium in Scorpio and a stellium in Cancer. Oh. Yeah, and his Sagittarius is just by itself. No, actually, he has four planets in Capricorn. Yeah, and so he just has the one in Sagittarius, his rising sign. So, um, and it's in the second house of money and resources and self-worth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's that answer. So there's a little more insight into John the Scorpio. <laughs> so now, yeah. so now, should we go to our next voicemail? Uh, voicemail? Sure. Hi, Tess and Natasha. Um, my name is Haley, and this question is probably more specifically for Tess. So I have your Magic of Flowers book, and I'm looking through and actually just seeing. Um, how divinely the plants that I have chosen just happen to align with the things I need, which is really cool. But my question is, I, I really have a hard time. I, if it's possible to over empathize with a plant, um, I have a hard time trimming bushes down, pulling weeds. Um, even when a, a leaf on one of my indoor plants dies, I know that it's part of the natural process, but I don't like having anything to do with it, if that makes sense. Um, it just, it really, it hurts me. It hurts me if I know that they're being hurt. Um, I don't know how else to explain that. But um, I was wondering if you have any tips for someone who is wanting to start to incorporate some dried herbs that I have growing in the garden, uh, maybe wanting to use some of my um, lavender blossoms or peony blossoms. Um, any tips on how to integrate that and and maybe not feel so bad about it? Um, 
I, I love you guys. I am an avid listener, and I really appreciate what you guys do. You are the first thing that I do when I wake up on Mondays is I listen to your podcast, and it makes Mondays so great. Uh, thank you, and thanks in advance for your help. Okay, so uh, so this is an interesting question. I get this one a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel this way about plants. And, I do, too, you know, by the way. I think you it's do? part of why I've resisted feeling closer to them oh okay yeah I was thinking I've been thinking about this and I actually this is what made me remember that I have a lot of ancestors who are farmers my mom's dad was an olive farmer he Mm. was also a landscaper and Mm -hmm. he taught her a lot about plants and then she taught me a lot about plants and um on my dad's side too there's farmers lots of farmers and um and The first thing I want to say is that plants are different than humans. So Mm. as humans, we naturally would never take care of an animal or a baby and cut off their hand. Mm -hmm. You know, we would never cut off a part of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think that kind of makes us think that we're really like that it's a really evil, bad thing to do to cut a plant. It's not the same. Okay. Um, it's really different. And and I think having a sense of like if you can tap in to your agricultural ancestors when we are stewards of the land. Mm. You know, that really incorporates a lot. Like, it, it, there's a lot of, um, like, you would think that pulling weeds would be evil, like you're taking a life, but you're also creating an ecosystem. You're creating a space. You're creating a certain situation with the soil and the balance of the other plants. So mm-hmm. um, I think getting in touch with that awareness that as a human who's taking care of plants, that um, that there it's just there's a lot of, of, of parts of that that might incorporate weeding or cutting. So they're, they're, this is another thing about plants is they co-evolved with us. The kinds of plants that we like to have around often like flowers and plants herbs and um and fruit and vegetables like these plants co-evolved with humans and we our ancestors cultivated them to be extra helpful to us this was it's been a long relationship that we've had with plants and so my experience of flowers for example is that they like if you you might want to read Botany of Desire. This might help actually if anyone oh. has this issue. There's a book called Botany of Desire, and it talks about how these plants co-evolved with us for and and that we valued them for particular reasons, and then we brought those traits out in them even more. Um, and so, like my experience of flowers is that they often they well they always love when we appreciate their beauty. Like it, you can feel that they love when we. And I think plants in general really like human attention and when we appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're eating a fruit, I was just talking to the the Divine Resonance Magic Group about this last night that eating a fruit or eating a vegetable and really appreciating the life of this plant that that there's a relationship there Mm -hmm. so remembering that that when you and you can have this you can tune into the energetic um like life the 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 aliveness of a plant and you can ask for a cutting of it and then you can feel the it's like and and by by placing your attention like 
lovingly and then asking not just not just going up and being like can I have a cutting but like here (laughs) you are here I am with you I'm present with you I have a relationship with you because I cultivate you or I'm just spending time with you in this moment is it okay if I take a blossom or if I take a an herbal cutting or something? Mm. Then it it's a it, and it's again it's not you're not cutting off their hand you're you're taking an aspect of them, and just remembering the whole interconnection with the earth. This is a long long time that humans have had this relationship where we we pull weeds or we grow corn and then we cut the corn. That's so true. I think that a, that ancestral connection. It might really help with us and thinking of the whole, um, the whole, and, and the Earth Mother too. That the, I feel like Earth, the Earth Mother is connected to both life and death. So we do embody that if we're weeding, weeding, like creating space for our vegetables to grow, like that. It's it's both life and death that we're connecting to. So it's a full spectrum, and it's sacred. It's a sacred connection. Yeah. I love that answer. Yeah, because I have thought about that a lot. Um, <laughs> I've, I took a picture while you were talking because <laughs> Greg is with us today. My, next to the mic, in case you hear. Um, okay, well, I love that answer. Yeah, and I have thought about that, and that makes me feel better about it. Good. Um, okay, I think because of the time, we should get to the next question next week. Oh, I didn't realize there was another one. Mm-hmm, but that's okay. Oh, okay. We'll do that next week. Okay. Um, and now, oh, let me just read real quick a little short bio on Britain so we can go to our um, great uh, interview with her. So Britain LaRue is an intuitive life coach, writer, and teacher working from the perspective of alternative healing traditions. Blending astrology, the tarot, energy healing, and guided meditation, Britain helps clients deprogram from unhelpful conditioning and remembering remember their indestructible, beautiful, primal essence. We're so excited to have you back, Britain. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So we have a lot to cover today. Um, why don't we start with the astrology, right? And then we'll go into um, what's happening with the whole Carolyn Elliott situation. And yeah, let's start with the astrology. Okay. Yeah, so with Taurus season, we are invited to understand so much of what 2021 is about because one of the keynotes of the astrology of the whole year is the three squares. That's a 90 degree angle conversation that can be tension filled, but can bring dynamic change Mm. um, between Saturn and Aquarius and Uranus and Taurus. So that's the, those three squares are February, June, and December. Hmm. And it's like a long conversation and we're still at the front end of that. So in our own lives, we can't fully maybe understand what that means, but we can think about the affairs of the houses that we associate with where we have Aquarius and where we have Taurus and what has been the momentum, what have been the shifts, what have been the things that we've been learning about ourselves and the relationship between those spheres of our lives. 
and it's a collective experience as well, but I usually speak to the personal. Mm -hmm. So Aquarius season was very shifting because all of the planets were working around Saturn's presence there, as well as Jupiter's. We had Mercury retrograde, so a really long stay for Mercury in Aquarius. So if you think back to January, February, like what was going on? What was important to you? What were the challenges? Um, What were just like the things in the air that you were dealing with? Like astrology is really like right under our noses, just whatever Mm -hmm. was was probably Mm -hmm. the information that you need. There was some kind of conversation at that time going on also to the space where you have Taurus. And so you were getting information about the Taurus piece of the story at that time. And now we have first Venus, that was April 22nd yesterday for for us recording right now, then Mercury, and then the sun on April 30th will all be now moving past Uranus Mm. in Taurus. So it's like the Taurus house, the Taurus aspect of this large (laughs) understanding of what's going on for us this year is activated and illuminated by these um, filters, Mercury and Venus for the sun. And then the sun itself, which is very illuminating. It's like shining a light on this is what's going on. So again, it's sort of right under our nose, like what's going on. So what are, I'm sorry, what are the stories of these? Cause I feel like you're talking about the planets and how they show up, but like as someone who doesn't, isn't totally an astrology expert, like what would these currents of energy look like? Like what topics might come up for people? Um, And topics will depend on the affairs of the houses, but if we speak to the planets and the signs, so Saturn. Oh, oh, sorry. Let me just stop you there. So when you say that, what you mean is like, if you look at your astrology chart, you look, what house do I have Taurus or Saturn in? Okay. Look at Taurus and Aquarius in your chart. Okay. Think about the, the, the affairs, we would say, like, what's the field of experience that that's about? Okay. So like the second house, for instance, like you would look at, yeah, when you say the affairs, you mean like the second house is about money and self-worth exactly. and that okay. kind of thing. And exactly. like, and then what have- kinds of changes would Taurus specifically be bringing or what would we like be noticing in those areas because of Taurus? Exactly. Thank you. So Taurus is fixed earth, we say. So it's the most like rooted part of ourselves. It's where we most like to kind of root down into like, this is how I am. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Everyone, whether you have planets in Taurus or not, it, the affairs of the house where you have Taurus is the area of your life where you're like the most sort of stubborn in how you do things. Oh, okay. Taurus really loves the regularity and the stability and the predictability and the pleasure of that um, in your life. So would it also mean that you don't like unpredictability in that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uranus is moving through that for seven years. That's space. So after the seven years, Uranus is the great awakener. Uranus is very destabilizing. Uranus brings sudden change. And the way I like to think about Uranus is that it's actually a liberating change, even if in the moment we can't see that it's liberating, that there's something shaking up. It's like a shakeup kind of feeling where you, you have sudden changes or disruptions 
that allow that ask you to innovate, ask you to change, ask you to shift, ask you to like drop the old way so that okay. you can come into some liberating new way. But the Taurus part of us for everyone right now is like, that's hard, yeah. right? Oh, like, yeah. Taurus doesn't uh -huh. like changing. <laughs> so um, for everyone, whatever house that is, uh, across seven years, there's like periods of change. And this year is a big, a big one because Uranus is much more active than it's been the last few years in terms of conversations with other planets. Oh, okay. So with Saturn now in direct squares to Uranus from Aquarius, and Aquarius is a sign that we associate with Uranus. I mean, it, it does like revolution. It does like social progress. It does like want to be reforming and pushing things forward. Saturn helps us consolidate into the work of that change. Yeah. So some part of us is like rooting into forward momentum while another part of us is like destabilized by change bringing where we maybe least want to. So oh. I give my own example just to kind of yeah. it in an example. So I have Taurus in the house that has to do with like how you make money, your assets, your financial life, which is the second house. And I've all, I have like a very rooted idea in my mind about how, what money is and how I'm not very good at money and things. I have like a lot of consol consolidated beliefs about myself and that, that mm -hmm. part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I am in a period now where I am like rapidly being asked to upgrade my self-concept around how I grow in my material life, what I'm learning about money, what I'm learning about my relationship to wealth, and how I can harness my own resources to make that happen. I am having to completely dismantle my old programming around my relationship to money and abundance mm. and meanwhile Saturn and Aquarius I have in the house of like my networks my groups like how I constellate community I'm in just this huge period of reach of like consolidating into like what community means to me how what kind of community do I want to be a part of what do mm. I not want to be a part oh, of oh yeah what's my role in communities and then those two are connected because mm. like yeah. I like maybe I have a class that I've just constellated, which is a community. I get paid for that. I've mm -hmm. had to like, think about like what is a fair value for the price of this um, thing that I'm going to space hold and upgrade my own self-concepts around wealth and so on and so on. And I'm also like thinking about whose communities do I want to pay to be a part of? Right. And learning, learning a lot around you know what what I want from the communities that I pay to be a part of how do I get value out of my communities that's mm -hmm. Aquarius can I ask you a question that hopefully will not I don't think it's just about me like with 12th house and eighth eighth house things specifically 12th like when because you know my son's in the 12th house so like and in Aquarius so I'm wondering like when things get shaken up in the 12th house which is about how do you describe the 12th house Britain you'll say it better than me oh well it's definitely but, one of the harder ones to articulate oh okay good I, I think it's a not quick just way to think of it is behind the scenes okay um, I think of it as like digging into the self-conscious would you say uh, subconscious like that would is, you I think eighth house is that too Right. Um, the twelfth house to me can be like your how you get away from the rest of the world, like your meditation space, your your uh, art studio, a cabin in the woods, um, a yoga retreat, 
your bathtub. Oh, um, I love my bathtub. Right. So well, <laughs> like, me, like I just like to kind of live in those places all the time. Oh yeah, you too. You also have the <laughs> But when things get shaken up in that way, it always confuses me. Like, well, how on earth like my bathtub's gonna get shaken up? You know what I mean? Like my yeah. behind what does that look like? Well, but wouldn't it be subconscious stuff? Not like the, the bathtub, oh. but like your personal subconscious. Oh, getting uprooted. Like, yeah, like she'll be becoming more conscious of it or. Yeah. And if you think about that as Neptune's house, you can think about like something like uh, coming up from the ocean depths that you weren't seeing. That's like uh, what happened to me yesterday. Okay. And you have your son in the eighth house, I think, which is just, which is, I think I have to check that, but it's very similar, right? You, your son might be in the ninth house actually, but, um, but eighth house and 12th house, if things are getting shaken up, maybe it gets in similar ways shaken up. Well, your Taurus, Natasha, right. Is it because your Pisces rising? Isn't that in the third house? Third house. Yeah. My Taurus is. Yeah. Oh, so that's where things are getting shaken up. Not, but I was just curious in general for people, like when things are centered in the 12th house, what is like when like all those planets were in Aquarius for me, but for other people, it could still happen in other planets. Like what yeah. would that look like? Well, we also associate that house with you know, where things go to like make some kind of peace or find some kind of grace. So you let them go. So we do a house with endings. Oh, right. First, Because then as things move into the first house through the 12th house period, things were clearing, you know? Oh, okay. Um, forgiveness is made, um, relationships dissolved things Got like it. happen as in your healing processes. Got um, it. So it's when things are going through the 12th house, it's good to not cling too much to things staying because there's there, you're in a natural kind of clearing phase. Ah. So that so when the go to first house, you're like ready to roll like a new path. Okay. So our son, your Taurus test is in the fifth house and mine is in the third. And what's the fifth house? I don't know why my brain refuses to remember what the houses are, but what's the fifth house again? The fifth house is like like sort of natural states of being where you create, where you um, enjoy flow states, where you have hobbies, Mm. where you enjoy romance, children playing, I, I do associate with like a, a your being sense of self as mm. opposed to your doing. Even though you can be a doer in that space if that's your personality and that's certain earth signs like might have that style of being, you know, of like yeah. wanting to be productive. But it's really just about kind of like just being and what you want to do when you're just being. And mm. everyone can have that a little bit differently. Isn't that uh. the Leo house? The house of it's the sign. fifth house and Leo's the fifth sign. Yes. Yeah. So couldn't it also be like shot like where you like to shine and be shining? Or it's no? Am I making that um, up? it more depends <laughs> on what else is there because your Leo house will be where you want to do that. I would I say. see. Oh, okay. I, I can see that. how that relates. So that's what's being shaken up right now. Yes. Oh, okay. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It I can see how through play or hobbies or just your own creative flow and like how you relax into that and letting yourself be yourself Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah, totally. Yeah, I could see so how that's, that's related. Up, you may let go of kind of a lot of established patterns there. Yeah. See how that can be very liberating. Yeah, totally. See, this is where it kind of, I don't mean to get off track, We're good, but I think it's an astrology conversation. If people are into it, they'll like this. But this is where like, for instance, Tess's Leo is in the eighth house, which is exact. Wait, where does she like to shine underneath? But I guess it makes sense in digging in the subconscious. But it is a little like counterintuitive. You know what I mean? It can be same with twelfth house sons or right Leo, of like um, finding creative authority through something that's more hidden. Um, so wow. you know, the, the, there's like your job there's something really powerful about just walking right into that then and finding yourself through hidden activities. And then you can shine the light on them by being a guide for other people who might be afraid or might not know the way. And then you can find yourself to be a really great friend or someone who gets paid for those types of things. Yeah, cool. All right. Okay, so wait, we do need to talk about how this relates to Carolyn Elliott. I do want to also ask though real quick, just because this, maybe it's not a quick answer, but we should, I I am curious if this, what's going on with this shakeup has anything to do with that, the Derek Chauvin trial, because that was such a big, like, it just felt like such a big moment, even though I know it's, it's one case, it's one verdict, it just, but it just feels like so powerful and said like such a big change on a deep level. That's how it felt to me. I hope so. Yeah, I think that 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 could definitely be part of it because of the tie back to Aquarius and like this sort of like collective call for reform. Mm, Yeah, Aquarius is 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 a very like let's work hard kind of energy. And like when you said the thing about like some of us are not wanting to move forward and some of us are really ready to go, like I was like, oh, that reminds me of yeah at a collective level that this can create so much of this friction of sides because forest is like the entrenched, right? The root, like, but it's always been like this. We've always had police. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just what we do as a have police, you know? And so Uranus is sort of like, like creating all of these like lightning bolts where we're suddenly like, wait a minute. Yeah. What if we did this idea? Yeah. What if we did this totally differently? This thing that my whole life I've been like, do, do, do. That's just what we do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. That's like, do you get it? Now let's get to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like white people. Do you get it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not everybody's like shocked by this, right? Like a lot of people have known their whole lives. Right. And so Um, wherever you are on that, this is either extremely uncomfortable or it feels like an exhilarating rush of, of like liberating energy and it's going to go, but not everyone's going to agree. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's talk about, yeah, the Carolyn Elliott situation. Because you were a part of her community, her wealth community. Yes. And you know, her, um, just the concept of her community really lights up my own chart be- about what I was just saying, because yeah. it's wealth. Right. So that's speaking to like second house, like, you know, how do I grow my wealth? How do I grow abundance? Teach me new styles and ways to trust in myself as someone who can magnetize money, clients, acclaim all the things so that I can do the work I want to do in the world. 
which I'm someone with Chiron in that house. So for me, uh-huh. I have a lot of like self-doubt around my value or my ability to ask to be paid and stuff like mm, that. Yeah. It's been very great being in that community because I've learned a lot of um, just new strategies, um, both very like witchy or woo all the way to like very practical, like learning mm, to help myself. Yeah. And it's very 11th house because it's a, it's a community. It's a network right. of people. And I've been able to network like the workbooks that I've written. I've been able wow. to like tell people I have a new podcast out and I've been able to use this wow. space as a marketplace for myself, meet other amazing people, have exchanges with people, with people where maybe they give me an aura clearing and then I give them an astrology reading. Oh, I and love that. just feel has felt really great. I've really loved having wealth in my, my life, not because I am like super into Carolyn Elliott as a persona or a person, but I, I think she has some really brilliant teachings. I found her because I took her thrill class, which was like a very clean container of like, I don't know, eight weeks where you learn about how to um, connect to your voice for writing, for like newsletter writing that's captivating, how to promote a class in a way that like builds the sense of seduction almost of like, don't you just want to sign up and like throw energy around your voice and your offerings. And I loved that class. Yeah. I have loved her work for a long time. I yes. really have admired her a lot. It's only me who was, didn't like her. <laughs> I'm the only one. All, who was all like, the mm. while I was like, you could be a charlatan. Like, yeah. like a to- I mean, it's a magician energy of like, I don't know if I totally trust you, but I, I, vibe, mm. I vibe what I'm choosing to take from it. And I don't have to take all of you. you know? Yes. And that's very healthy. I mean, I, that see, this is the thing that's so confusing about narcissism is like a lot of time and cults and all of it it's like there is good parts of it right Mm -hmm. and it is very healthy to be like you know I'm taking this part that feels good and I'm not going to take that part that doesn't feel good yeah I had just read her books I hadn't like participated in any of her workshops or anything I just read her books and I loved them yeah. I read two of them, not all of them. And we had her on the podcast, but then when I followed yeah. her on Instagram, I saw she had this and we learned from her when she was on the podcast that she had this community. And so I didn't realize that it had there, she just had a, a following in a deeper way than I was a part of, but I did admire her books for sure. Well, it's very new for her because I believe she's primarily been a teacher, a writer and she has a space holding happening in Facebook with her existential kink group, but I'm not on Facebook. So I was never a part of it, but my guess is she has assistants who manage that. So maybe she didn't even really space hold there either. Mm-hmm. But this is something that started only a year ago. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's a very different like modality, right? Or medium than having an eight week class or something. Yeah. You know, it has a clear beginning and a clear end. And you're not like, in enmeshed so much you know yeah mm, mm-hmm. and so um I didn't join even till October so it's not even been a full year for me but um do you want me to get into what I I guess you probably will talk about it in the intro but um astrologically I want to point out that yeah. her um incendiary post that started everything yeah. um which centered around her um use of the word indigenous yeah saying she was also indigenous 
Yeah, it was posted right when Venus was at the last degree of Aries, which is when Mars was at the last degree of Aries when we had the storm on the Capitol. And oh. was conjunct, the moon was conjunct Uranus at the moment of her post. So there oh. was a Uranian energy to it of like, bam, what do y'all think about this? You uh -huh. know? And then there was still so much Aries energy at the time because the sun and Mercury were still there as well. So, I mean, the immediate situation and the commentary of like her deleting people, blocking people, um, dismissing people, uh, is very just like react, you know, super reactive, highly reactive. And um, the only reason I really noticed it is I noticed under her post, one of my favorite people in the world had a comment. And it was like, oh, I wonder what they wrote here. Uh -huh. And it was a very uh, beautiful, like, I hear you. And here's another way to expand this conversation. And um, Carolyn had just written like, thanks for the splain, like he was mansplaining. Yeah. And um, that just in me was just like a strong, like what, you yeah. know, what's happening? And then I started to read everybody else's. Cause he's such a like sweet, sweet soul. Yes. Person that wrote All that. And it was just yeah, like, thanks for explaining it to me. What about this other stuff, you know? Yeah. Real quick, I just want to say the reason we're also focusing on this is not just like for Carolyn Elliott, but she really represents um, narcissism in this case, like when you're involved with somebody who, or like, who, like a teacher or a guru, quote unquote, or, uh, or a narcissistic figure in your life who you've given a lot of, who you respect a lot, and maybe you've given a lot of power to. And now it's like, what happens when this person becomes really harmful? Mm -hmm. it's very devastating. And I, I'd like to add that I'm contextualizing this with it being a Hierophant year because the Hierophant is the fifth card and 2021 equals five. So we're in a five year. And to me, the Hierophant is really about, it's connected to Taurus, right? We associate mm. it with comparisons, um, which when we make those uh, associations between the tarot and astrology. And for me, it's my life card because um, you add up my birth dates and it breaks down 32 to five. Um, the Hierophant is really about your voice, um, Taurus rules the vocal cords and the throat and like what, who's in your throat, what's in your throat, mm. whose ideas are in there and what, what do we, what are we saying when we're teaching, when we're leading, when we're, when we say our opinions, or our thoughts about things, like where do we get that knowledge? Um, and the, the Hierophant to me is like about like really clearing clearing there so that we can mm -hmm. hear our own voice and hear our own connection to deeper wisdom and speak from a place of embodied knowing and not just like saying what we were taught you know yeah. mm -hmm. and I think it has to do with the other side of it which is like being a student and having a teacher and what our relationship is to the people who teach us yeah what is the relationship to teachings and like, what do you do when you love a teaching, but now your teacher, you know, feels like they've failed you or they've, they've lost their way, or mm -hmm. they show that they have a belief system that you find repulsive. Yeah. And so what do you do? Like, do you no longer get to rely on those teachings anymore? Um, 
do you have a cleansing ritual <laughs> like we've talked about um, to feel like you can still use them and be in integrity? Um, what is yeah. it? to ourselves and our teachers. I just think that those, those thematics are so present here. And yeah, um, yeah, I just, yeah. And I also want to say this can also apply to a parent, actually, Tessa, they were just talking about this before we got on, um, before we were recording is like, for I was telling her about something really thoughtful, sorry, really, I was telling her <laughs> about, I was telling her about something really thoughtful my mom did. And it was like, that's so confusing because she was so um, cruel in a lot of ways and damaging, but then she would do things like that, that were extremely thoughtful and like mm -hmm. went out of her way to like be kind to me. So then it's like, it make, it can be very confusing when a teacher, a parent, someone you look up to is complicated like that yeah and I I assume I talked about this in the intro but but like <laughs> there's definitely uh for me that um a connection I mean my experience of having a narcissistic mother yeah so similar to having yes. to be having a cult leader to being in a cult yes because yes. what's been happening and the reason I um have departed from the community is because it just didn't stop. Like um, yeah. she kept sending newsletters and creating posts both in wealth and outside of wealth that were very inflammatory that yeah. old people who love her to F off multiple yeah. times in all caps. Yeah, increasingly mm -hmm. inflammatory and insulting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I just want to point out an important part of this is that it, I mean, I'm telling you if I'm wrong, but it seemed like she was going back and forth. Like she was yeah. like, after she had a session with Luis, then she was like, actually, I want to hear, I realized it. I had a realization. Is that right? And yes. now I'm open after to hearing. I was still sticking around because I didn't want a knee jerk reaction. I didn't want to be reactive and, yeah. and just like, I'm out of here. You know, yeah. I understand that people are humans like that, that we are all paradoxical beings. Like we have, you know, shadow work to do here. Yeah. Um, that there could be something really cathartic and amazing that could come from the conversations that we have around these topics. Um, and at her town hall, we saw a very vulnerable, beleaguered, scattered um, version of her that seemed to be ready to listen and seemed to be ready to change and to grow. And then then a couple of days later, um, she was right created back. a post in her wealth community that that tagged people who had posted or simply liked um, a post that just said, has anyone heard about um, uh, something along the lines as it, an alternate community that's not a monarchy? Uh, that's all it said. Um, and people were publicly called out and um, which to me is just wild. Yeah. 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 She was yeah. lashing uh, out. And, and, and you don't apologize to me. And this is how I want the apology. She had uh -huh. steps. Yeah. You will be immediately removed from this group. And just like public yeah. calls like that are clear scare tactics, like so fear mongering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drag someone's name out like that. Right. And 
how can they possibly stay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrible. Uh, I just want to point out the re again the reason I just want to keep bringing this back to um, not just Carol and Elliot, but so that you know people can apply it to other ways, other you know narcissists or toxic relationships too. Is that that often is what happens? You know, I'll use my mother as an example. Like she would, I would have a conversation with her about something, and then she was like, "You should be a lawyer." I'm just like you convince me of things so easily and then which kind of like makes it be like I'm manipulating her but whatever the point was like she understood she was like I understand where you're coming from now and I would be like okay I got and then five minutes later I'd come back and it was as, as if the conversation never happened she was right back to like lashing out still thinking these things about me and this is very common and I think it's so important and why I'm going to talk about this in the energy report that we need to really be trusting our feelings and I really like how you took your time with it like mm -hmm. okay yeah. this is my initial feeling here about this where are we going to go with this and like and then just really under like coming back to how how do I feel not uh, not being swayed by the narcissist's extremes yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and I know last thing I'm going to say, and then I'll let you go on is just, I also feel bad. Like, I don't want to demonize narcissists. They are people too. Wounded um, who, people. Wounded people, just like we all are wounded people, but the, um, you know, who are looking for safety and the, the difference that I have found as being a survivor of a narcissist, um, person uh, mother is that it's this the gaslighting the the back and forth the confusing you about what your reality is that kind of thing is really important to take in and understand that that it's happening yeah and yeah and I think it's interesting too to note that the that the people often the people who complain about cancel culture, like in this situation, it's like so many people are giving her chances. Like, let's yeah. discuss this. Let's stick around. Let's listen to each other. And then seemingly she's the one who's against cancel culture, but then she's the one who's canceling people. So it's like, yeah. often it's like, yes. are you really upset about cancel culture or do you just not want to be called out? Do you just not want to be criticized? It's just like criticism yeah. is not canceling. Yes. Right. Like, I think about something that Luis Mojica had put up in Instagram, which is like, just because you can, you can understand the trauma doesn't mean you have to like, basically, he didn't say this, but it was like, stick around for it. Yeah. yeah. I, can, yeah. I can totally empathize in the sense of, I, I, I perceive her to be someone who's um, just really expanded a lot. Her community had just doubled. And I think that she's, caring a lot there's like no break carrying this group and I think that everything just kind of compounded and she's now in that spiral and that's great that I can empathize with that but that doesn't mean I have to give her my money no. right and that's and, not you yes. canceling her that's you choosing no. like this is not resonating with me you have that right hey this I love the other people and it was sort of like well can we do this without her while she goes yeah. and heals for a little while but right. it's clear with that last one and that's when I had the whole body sense of no. That's when right. it really hit me of like, and there's the no that right. I'm like, she used the word, this is a monarchy. So believe someone when they tell you right. who they are. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, well, 11th house, I am not interested in a monarchy. Yeah. Like, 
I am not interested in a space that tells magical people that they are and, and threatens them that if they leave, they won't be magical anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything that's like that. Yeah. But the underlying and even the direct suggestion was, is if you criticize me, you'll be out. And if you're out, you will no longer have access to, well, magic right. and all the like yummy stuff that we have. So right. we be quiet and stay. It's yeah. like what the whole thing was. And for me, like, I can't get into a, what is the paradox of this? Or like, how could, <laughs> I, how could I, you know, turn this into a conversation that we could have, you know, where we yeah. can meet ourselves at the conflict. This is just, oh, this is not my community. Right. Yeah. That's okay. classic cult behavior. I mean, that's just like, that's yeah. the crossroads. Like- that that's what I was feeling inside as a, as a fear. Oh my gosh. If I don't behave, if I don't get in line, yeah. I'm not safe. And I, right. and if, but if I leave, I won't be successful. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what oh, I yeah. feel. And that's so disempowering. Feet. It's the opposite of, of why you joined. Yeah. And it reminds me just to bring it back out to the non-wealth examples. Like it reminds me of other times I've been in situations where I feel like, well, if I can't, if I leave this relationship or if I leave this situation, then I won't what? Like Mm -hmm. it's it's a fear-based contract, you know? Yes. Anytime you're in something for fear, that's a great sign that that's not where you should be. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much, Britton. Let's, we, I don't even know how long we've been talking. <laughs> I forgot to look at the, I know we've gone longer than usual. It's just so fascinating. Um, do you know how long it's been? I don't know. Okay. Uh, huh? Maybe 35. Oh, okay. Um, but do you have anything um, else astrologically speaking that you think might help us or we should be aware of either in regards to this or just in general um i think i really covered it like right now we're really for us the the taurus vibes of it but i like to think of it as we're still under the shepherding of the aries new moon and the aries part to me helps us with our like sacred no and helps us really like from anything that's coming up that we don't feel aligned with our values because one of the four keywords for Taurus is values. And that's, mm. why you, that's what you're most rooted in, right? You're uh. rooted in your values. And then you can use that Aries sort of like, no. And that's how it felt to me to be in my body the last couple of days is my yeah. values were threatened or like I sensed this is not my value. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm going to say no. Right. <laughs> so, um, it, things like that may be coming up. It's a great time to just be in lots of self-care because of the Uranian destabilization energy. Yeah. yeah and it sounds know. like maybe a journaling exercise about your values, like really just stating those. That. Yeah. Yeah. Last week on the energy report, I was talking about people having a lot of narcissist toxic people coming up in their lives and how to deal with that. And this week it was the same thing. I mean, it's so, and what's interesting, it's also, there's gonna, there, I'll get to it soon, but there's body stuff involved with it too. Like feeling, um, like, do you have a right 
to even have your body, like to be in your body, to own your body, which Ooh, I think and that's Taurus, the boundaries, like how Britain felt that in her body. Oh yeah. yeah. And isn't Taurus body uh, Earth signs begin with the body. Okay. And it's yeah. ruled by uh Venus, which that's, is sensual. Um, yeah. like that. I think of course as the sign that I turn to for help with embodiment stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. so it's totally coming up for that too. It's so, I find it really exciting when things just align, like when it's happening everywhere, it's like, oh, okay, great. This is my lesson, you yeah. know? And that when I am, when I um, really embrace it and go into it, then I come out more expanded and yeah so it's a really it's all positive I think not to be like yeah you know, you know what I'm not in the spiritual <laughs> it's not bypassing like, no because yeah. we like just talked about all the celebration uh yeah in here and in all of it yeah well um Britain tell everybody where they can find you so it's pretty easy my Instagram <laughs> Britain LaRue and my website's BrittainLaRue.com Okay, great. And that's B-R-I-T-T-E-N. That's right. Um, And are you seeing people for astrology readings right now or no? Not right now. I'm I'm stepped away because I'm leading this um, three-month intensive class, but I'm also putting a lot of my time in my Patreon community. So when I do open my books again, I will open it to the Patreon people first. Oh, great. and your Patreon, let me just say real quick, I highly recommend Yeah, it I think I'm going to join it. I, Natasha was telling me about it. I think I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was, we were on a little Zoom call with our friends and I was telling them all about it. And they're like, I think she got three more people on there. <laughs> it's just really great because you give a new moon um, uh, reading for each rising sign. And it's like 15, 20 minutes long. It's so great. It really, and then every week, and that's only at the $6 level. There's so many other levels that you get so much stuff for, right? Is that right? Am I right about that? And um, and then every week you get a little recap of, okay, this is what's going on astrologically. It really helps center you and like, okay, where can my focus be this week? Yes, those so. are the things I always do for myself. So that's why I wanted it to be the core of what I do at that's the $6 great. level. That's and awesome. That's been a lot of fun. And at $12 level, I look at people's charts in a live reading. And so even though I'm not booking, I'll spend 15 minutes with you month to month, you know, or less. Wow. Right now it's a really small group. So uh, it's very intimate and it really actually works out like financially better (laughs) to $12 a month thing than to have like a single reading. Right. Yeah. I think I'm upgrading right after this. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Like what's going on for me with Taurus. And then I'll give you 10 minutes on that. Wow. um, Amazing. Fun because it's community building too. And everything's wonderful. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much. It's always Always a pleasure. (laughs) We were saying the same thing in the same thing. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was great as always to talk to Britain. Yeah, I always love seeing her. Yeah. So now it's time for the energy report. Okay. (laughs) 
So, um, as I alluded to, it's it can it's really been just one after the other of um well, I should say that the energy report is the trend that I'm feeling into for the week ahead, as well as clients that I've seen um the week before and the astrology to get a sense of what we can look forward to in the week ahead and also some tools to help with it. So you know, it does seem to me that this narcissistic trend of like, of ha- and or if you're not dealing with a narcissist, it could just be some kind of codependent behavior. Um, for instance, for me personally, it's been with uh, my cats. <laughs> no surprise. Where I notice I'm like trying to get control in a way that's like just not helping anybody. Um, but but. For everyone else, it's pretty much been um, dealing with a toxic person in their life. So what I, and the body thing as well, where like, do I even, what's underneath it, what's keeping some people attached to these people is this belief of like, well, I don't even deserve to be here in the first place or like my self-worth, you know, I don't even, yeah, I'm not deserving anyway, so I'm going to give my power. So I'm allowing this person to have power. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not special enough. I'm not whatever it is. Um, So therefore that's how the people get in. Um, So because narcissistic energy is so extra, my advice this week is you really need to double down on yourself (laughs) when you're dealing with someone like that who who can give take a lot of power but you also have to understand you're allowing that to happen as well you know through no fault of your own in many cases can be depro you know programming from growing up where that's how you had to survive um that kind of I mean that's usually what it is to feel safe you needed to give in to the narcissist or you needed to um give up yourself for some reason so um, doubling down on yourself looks like also what I'm feeling into this week actually is it is on a really body level caring for your body I really like what you said about writing down your values too yeah. um, one thing that I've told a lot of people this week is to write things down like if you are trying to decide say if you want to leave like let's say the situation with Carolyn like you want to leave the group writing down like this is the And you, sorry, writing down the reasons you want to go. Like if you already know this feels bad, but I'm having a hard time leaving. If you write down the reasons why you want to leave and you look at it, it's um, when you're feeling weaker, it's so powerful. I can't even. Um, It's very, very, when you're feeling like, I don't know, like, do I, you're doubting yourself. You're feeling more into that low self-worth stuff. Um, When you look at what you've written down, it's really like oh right I remember it like awakens that part of you that that protector the good protector the parent that's like okay this is why we're staying this is why we're staying also writing it down activates that loving inner parent that's taking care of you so other ways you can double down writing down your values I really love that um calling your energy back to you doing a regular like I talked about last week vacuuming out of your energy and of other people's energy filling up with light reminding yourself of again why why of your qualities of your worth of who you are um again because these the narcissist 
energy oftentimes will try to make you feel like they they're they are more important than you. Yeah. That you're not as good without them. Yeah. Um, that your decisions are wrong. So yeah. by as much as possible, clarifying your own reasons over and over to yourself, even if it feels silly, you need that reminder. And then yeah. energetically speaking, vacuuming out your space and calling your energy back to you and filling up with light. Yeah. Um, and validation rocks. can be really helpful too, like yes. from a therapist or a friend that you really trust. Like, no, you're not crazy. Like I had to, totally. when I had my realization with my mom, I had to, having a therapist kind of be like, no, you're right. You're right. Like it, it, even I had to 100%. keep reminding myself that that happened. Like, yes. oh yes, that's right. I Someone witnessed that and someone validated because it it's, it's so they can just overtake you so much and yes. convince you. And I had been so trained like, no, you don't you, you can't figure out how to do it right. That's and your mom right. is the one who knows that you aren't living up to what she needs from you. And you know, yeah. like, oh, absolutely. I mean, my mom 100 percent gave me the on an energy level and explicitly the information that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't do a good job in making choices for myself, that I wasn't a good person. Yeah. Because like I, I was always I couldn't ever and I would be like, why why? What's my, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure out how to yes. be nice enough to my mom? To <laughs> yeah. That was always the issue as I uh, was like somehow not Nice I don't enough. know. I was always yeah. insulting her without ever meaning to. It was really weird. Yeah. For anyway. me, it's just what's wrong with me, period. How? Why can't yeah. I figure out what's wrong with me? Oh. And it's because I was holding on to her energy. And when I, I think I, I don't remember if I talked about this last week. I think it happened this week that I just felt into the energy. I was like, oh, that's not mine. That's the thing I was oh, talking about before. Yeah. It's like sometimes it just isn't yours. It isn't so you. So you can release it. So even in yeah. the, you know, all the parts of you want your best, but sometimes it's not your part. Right. Yeah. It's Especially else. if it's a parent. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um. So yeah, releasing that. What were you, you just said something that made me want to say something about um your mom. Ah, shoot. Oh, well, I can't. Oh, I know. The validation piece is so important when you've been invalidated for so long. Yes. Or gaslit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Therapy is great for that. I feel like I serve that purpose for a lot of people that see me when I look at their energy. I'm like, oh, no, this is happening. (laughs) This is definitely happening. I see that energetically. I don't always agree with people, by the way. I mean, sometimes I'm like, well, no, this is the situation this is what I'm seeing anyway you can yeah and I always tell people by the way listen to your own information don't listen to me like if you're feeling like now nah, that doesn't resonate always your information is more true than anything I'm saying I just tell you're you what not I a see. cult leader that's and you're right. not a narcissist <laughs> but I yes that's right and I also just I say what I see and a lot of times that's validating especially for people who have been told, no, don't trust your information. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely seek help if it's gotten to that point where you're just totally distrusting yourself. Therapy yeah. can be amazing for that. Yeah. So that's that's it. There okay. So now it's time for practical magic. Okay. So happy full moon. It's a full moon today on Monday. So feel that magic. Feel the power of that. Step into your power. You can 
do oh yeah you can do magic um it's just a really powerful time if you want to do a spell tonight it's also a good time to choose things you want to let go of because from now on the moon will be waning um and it's beltane on saturday yay beltane woohoo so Beltane is a time when um, the veil between the worlds of human and fairy is open. Mm. So you can feel the magic of the natural world. So if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, then happy Samhain. Mm. And it, during Samhain, the veil is also open. So these are, it's really cool to think about the polarities of um the, the holidays that take place at simultaneously in northern and southern hemispheres because be, because they are they have parallels and the parallel with Beltane and Samhain is the veil being open between yeah. the worlds and so that makes it extra magical it makes it a time when you can really draw upon you can really feel magic it's a time when you can feel magic so in it, with Beltane it's feeling the magic and aliveness of the, the natural worlds and with Samhain it's feeling the magic and aliveness of the other worlds mm. so people who have crossed over spirits um so you could dance you could create a bonfire if you can i mean if you're in that sort of environment that is not flammable please do not do it in colorado (laughs) (laughs) or california (laughs) yeah um or you could also uh get like a maybe a really big candle with a bunch of wicks and create a symbolic bonfire and dance around it you could light candles and dance in your yard or in your house you could wear a flower crown. Um, mm. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you could wear black or wear, a, a, I don't know, a magical robe. Why not? <laughs> Whatever feels right. But it's a time of celebration and connecting to magic. It's good to be, I think, well, I'm getting my second shot on Beltane, so mm. that's something to celebrate. But it's also a time, it seems like it would be a cool time for me to celebrate stepping into more power after that deep that deep uh, inner family systems meditation that I did where I connected with all those magical parts of me. Oh, yeah. And I like that, too, with the energy report, too, of, like, doubling down on your power, like celebrating your power, your magic. Yeah. Yeah. Your information, trusting your information, taking your spirituality seriously. That's going to be an intention for me. Um, All right. So, yeah. That's the that's practical magic. Can I ask for this a quick week? question. I have some Beltane oil from last year. How would you use that? Would you just maybe put some on while you go dance with a flower crown? Yeah, maybe I would um, anoint my third eye, my throat, my heart, and my belly. Okay. Um, I guess you could also dress a candle with it. I don't know. I guess it hmm. depends on the way the, the oil, oil is, is made. Okay. Or you could, I mean, if it's an essential oil blend, you could diffuse it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now it's time for housekeeping, right? Right. Um, so you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me or take one of my classes. Um, you can uh, find me on Instagram and Facebook at Highest Light Healing. And you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com. That's where we have all the show notes of anything we mentioned. Um, and you can ask us a question on there. 
I just got cat hair in my eye. Um, we also have a Facebook group, Magic Monday Podcast, and Magic a Magic Monday Podcast Pod and Magic Monday Podcast Listeners is a little group on there. Oh, yeah, and we have a newsletter, too. So oh, I've yeah. been sending out a newsletter every Monday morning when there's a new episode. So if you want a reminder, and I also put pictures of the cards that we draw in the newsletter so you can see them yeah, instead and, of just hear about them. And I send one out monthly, and I, I got that wrong. I thought I was going to be sending it out this month, but it's actually this week, but it's actually this coming Thursday is when I send out a monthly, the monthly one. Oh, our monthly one. That's yeah. Right. So yeah, you can sign up. One, yes. There's a link in our Instagram bio and then also on our website, magicmondaypodcast.com. You can click subscribe. Oh, that's right. Um, and for me, I do have a newsletter, which you can sign up for at highestlighthealing.com. And you get a couple or three free meditations when you do that. And Natasha's newsletter is really great. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com. That's where you can find a bunch of meditations, free guided meditations and spells and rituals and other inspiration. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. I keep picking from the same kind, the same Oracle deck, even though I have so many. Maybe I'll just start rotating them. Okay. Well, I pick from the same two because I have only written two, but I'm working on a third now. So that should be out in about five years. No, like no. two years. It oh, just really? takes forever. Ah, Maybe a year if bad. I'm lucky, but it's a long time. It's just too long. Oh, too long. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about it. Well, but I'm so, gonna... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I drew from Cosmic Dancer Oracle this week, and I drew, and I wrote it, and <laughs> I um, drew Sparkle and Shine. Oh, okay. Like the moon's luminous glow, a star's sparkle, or the sun's rays of warming fire, you have a unique light to shine, and you are encouraged to do this now. It's time for you to claim the lead role in your life. Mm -hmm. No more hiding in the wings or playing small. It's oh time God. to show up big, to be seen, heard and to radiate your gorgeous brilliance for the world to see. While it's natural to have inhibitions, now is the time to transform them in the chalice of your heart's purifying flame. Reframe fear as excitement. Reframe shyness and reticence as opportunities to move out of your comfort zone and to feel all the exhilaration that comes with being seen, known, and recognized for who you really are. And I'm just going to read a little bit more of this because it reminds me of the energy report. Mm. You have a right to take up both physical and energetic space. Mm. Who you are matters. What you say matters. What your heart of hearts so dearly wants to express matters. I mean, it was so aligned even before that. I know. And I'm picking from the Mystical Shaman Oracle deck by um, Colette Baron reed and Alberto Villovoldo. And Marcella Lobos. Okay, so I'm pick I picked the Jaguar, which is and I picked it um reversed. And it says, What in your life needs to be released? 
What have you carried around with you far too long, which is ready to be let go of once and for all? Ah. Jaguar medicine is available to heal the fear so you can allow it to go. It's time to come out of the shadows and end the shadow games that you may have unconsciously agreed to play. Call on Jaguar to unfetter you from toxic relationships. And recover your natural instincts for the right people and situations. Come on. Yeah. Thanks, universe, for backing (laughs) us up. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We love you. I wonder what will happen next time you jump on a trampoline.